0: 19 to shoot. bullet straight away. Bam! He's a Everything I got, I got from I Think y'all say out the mud? Yeah, yeah. That, that's the kind of dudes that I rock with. Nice. dudes who know how to get it out there. Now. What it's about is doing it to the guy next to you. Laying it on the line. Laying it on the line to the guy next to you. The opportunity for... The greatest turnaround in college football exists here today and it's not and it's not one to be taken lightly. Welcome into Cole's Corner. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host, Cole Carmody. Now, if you're just tuning in for the first time, I appreciate you. I really do. This is the first episode I've had in a few months. And welcome to the newly rebranded version of Cole's Corner. We got the new intro, we're gonna have a new outro, and guess what? We even have a different format. That's right, I am taking your questions. Now, it might not be like this every week, but this week, that's how we're gonna do it. Uh, I'm taking your questions on everything K-State, and I might even throw a little bit something funny at the end. Like I said, I'm Cole Carmody, thanks so much for tuning in. We got a lot to get to this week. Um... Some stuff on conference realignment. Obviously, that's a big issue, so I'll take some questions on conference realignment. I'll also look at Kansas State football and the recruiting and how uh, that is progressing. Obviously, K-State just signed four-star quarterback out of Mays, Kansas, Avery Johnson. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about Avery. We'll talk a little bit about some other recruits, uh, dive into that a little bit, Uh, and we'll also talk a little bit about K-State in general, what is it like in Manhattan? What What is the atmosphere like? If you haven't been down there in a while, what is it like? We'll get into that, and like I mentioned, there's even a little funny question at the end. Now, I first posted a questions thread on Wabash Station of gopowercat.com, where we get our VIP subscribers to ask, us, to ask me questions um, that are introduced on the podcast. Now, if you haven't listened uh, to the PowerCat Questions Podcast. This is where this idea comes from, right? Uh, our subscribers ask us questions. We answer them. It's me, Zach Carlson, Tim Fitzgerald, and Ryan Gilbert of GoPowerCat.com, all of us together, and we sit around and answer these questions that our subscribers ask us in a thread. So, you know, if if we do continue this format maybe i'll go back in i know that was brought up on by one of our or one of our subscribers i'll go back in and look at uh, some of the questions there i might do that maybe we'll switch it up you know i'd like to have some guests on um, when i was really doing this before i started working at go power cat uh, i, st- I-, I like to have some guests on i actually had fits on um, um on one of my older shows and so i have done that in the past maybe i'll start to get more into that um and, and hosting but For today, I just want to talk about and answer some of your questions. It is a hot time in Kansas State sports, and I hope that you will be able to add Cole's Corner to your list of Kansas State podcasts. I'd be greatly appreciated. You'll be able to find this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. It is distributed through Anchor. Uh, It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Stitcher. It's on any place you listen to podcasts. Cole's Corner will be there. Just type in Cole's Corner. It should pop up at a... Uh, I'm going to re-change the the logo eventually, but it'll have my smiling face on it. You can guarantee you that. So uh, that is what we're going to be talking about today. And like I said... I asked for questions on my Twitter account as well. And unfortunately, uh, I was not able to get to any of those any of those questions on Twitter. So if you ask a question on Twitter, I'm sorry. I'm letting you know right now. I did not get to your question. There was a lot of very, very good questions. Just took the ones that were on Wabash Station our VIP for our VIPs on GoPowerCat.com. If you're not a member, I highly recommend it. Uh, not only do you get to, to interact on Wabash Station, there's lots of great VIP content that were coming out. Um, that, that we're pumping out when it comes to recruiting and everything you need to know. So, if you are not a member yet, I highly recommend doing that on gopowercat.com. But nonetheless, I digress. So, the first question of Cole's Corner comes from Call Me T22. He asks, Why are you going rogue? This is a good question. And I understand that this is meant to be tongue in cheek, but I, I just want to address this off the top. I love podcasting. I love talking about sports. I love getting a chance to interact with people, especially when it comes to Kansas State sports. And to be honest, the reason why I've decided to start this podcast up again is just because there's so much to talk about, right? There's so many things to talk about. There's so much that's on my mind when it comes to K-State at the moment that I felt like this was something I needed to do. And, you know, I I feel like K-State fans that are out there listening, I've been in your shoes. I know exactly what this time is like. It is stressful. It is hectic. And you want all the K-State sports you can get. Especially right now, we look around. The Royals, don't even get me started. 30-51, and 51, one of the worst starts of Dayton Moore's career. or One of the worst starts for through 81 games of Dayton Moore's tenure, and yet he still has a job. Don't even get me started on the Royals. Hey, you know what? Maybe we'll do a Coles Corner Royals podcast. If that's something that you guys are interested in, maybe we'll do it. Uh, so the real reason that I'm doing this is just because like I said, there's so much to talk about with sports. Everybody is getting ready for football. K-State just hired a new basketball coach, which, by the way, you heard in the intro. Uh, let me know what you guys think about that. I, I I didn't spend a ton of time making that, but I really felt like um, that, was, uh, that was a pretty cool intro. So I hope you enjoyed it. So to answer your question, call me T22, going rogue. I wouldn't necessarily say going rogue. This is just kind of an independent venture I've decided to go on. Like I said, there's no affiliation with gopowercat.com. I'll post this to the boards, but this is not through any official um, any, any official 24-7 sports or anything like that. So this is not going through them. This is just an independent avenue. So let me get that and set the record straight. This is not anything that I am doing for gopowercat. This is something that I am doing on my own. So I just want to put that out there and let everyone who's listening know this is not through GoPowerCat, this is through me. So by no means, if I come out here and say something absolutely outlandish and preposterous and ridiculous, uh, this is not expressed the views of GoPowerCat.com, right? You know, people put that in their Twitter bio. Yeah, this is not the views expressed by GoPowerCat.com. This is the views expressed by me, myself, Cole Carmody, of Coles Corner, that's it. Um, so I want to get that out of the way from the top. So a little housekeeping note when it comes to that. The real first question of the podcast uh, comes from a subscriber, wildcat 82 And this is this is a question that I wanted to include. Um, we're just going to kind of start out with a football question. I wanted to include this because it's a really good question. And these are the type of hypothetical questions that I think uh, people love to listen to and love to talk about. And he asked, can the head coach slash, uh, slash assistant coach duo of Chris Kleiman and Colin Klein be as successful as Davo Sweeney and Brent Venables were? please compare and contrast. Now, let me just say this. Colin Klein has not coached a down as a full-time offensive coordinator. As a solo full-time offensive coordinator, he has not coached a down. So I want to get that out there, right? This is not like, you know, we're we're taking in um, some amazing Andy Reid disciple at Kansas State and turning them into uh, some Godspeed offensive coordinator, right? Colin Klein still has a lot to prove. Did he have a lot of great things shown in the Texas Bowl? Yes, there's no denying that, but I want to temper expectations a little bit with Colin Klein simply for the fact we don't know what he truly can do yet. Now, has he had some significant wins on the recruiting trail? Yes. Now, if you're referencing that I'm, I'm not, I'm not disputing that. I think that's a very fair comparison, but comparing Colin Klein to Brent Venables right now, I think is a little bit misguided, right? I I want people to temper their expectations a little bit because, you know, this isn't, it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows with Colin Klein, right? I mean, there's going to be struggles. Now you have to be very bad to be as bad as Courtney Messingham was, you know, there's no denying that, right? That's something that I think everybody sees, um, they were atrocious when he was taking over. I mean, there's, that's that's just the, that's just the honest truth, right? He was absolutely atrocious. Um, you think about the second half of, of football games last year. It felt like there was not even a plan coming out of halftime. They were so bad. They were the worst team in the country. At least the, one of the worst teams in the country. The worst team in the Big Twelve, and that includes Kansas uh, in third quarter scoring. So you know, this is this is it's hard to. Uh, be much worse than Courtney Messingham but yeah I think Colin Klein's an improvement so I, I want to be careful with people and their expectations of Colin Klein because it, the reality of the situation is it's not going to be easy all the time so I want people to know I mean hey reel it in a little bit you can be happy with the recruiting wins because I think you can expect that to continue but the actual play calling it's going to be it's going to be rough for a little bit I, I think you need to be prepared for that and you need to understand that it's not going to be easy, and if you can understand that and roll with the punches, yeah, the 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 reward is going to be there at the end. Um, I guess you could say the same thing about Dabo Sweeney when when he uh, when he went to Clemson, right? That was the first time really being number two in command, like Colin Klein is now, and eventually he is now the head coach at Oklahoma. Um, as far as Dabo Sweeney and Chris Klein goes, I I don't know. Uh, Dabo Sweeney is currently 150 and 36 as the head coach at Clemson. Chris Kleiman is 20 and 16, so he's gonna have to go on quite the run. Uh, there's there's no denying that, but I do want to say that if K State wants to be a national contender, they have to go the way of the Clemson, right? They they just do. And maybe in this new Big 12, it becomes easier to do that. You know, the ACC is notorious for being an easy conference. Maybe in the new Big 12, K State can emerge and Chris Kleiman can turn into somebody like that. Uh, but if you're comparing Chris Kleiman to Dabo Sweeney, I think it's pretty fair as far as I think Chris Kleiman is going to be at Kansas State for the rest of his career unless the NFL comes calling, which if he has a few successful seasons, you know, maybe that's the case. But I fully expect Chris Kleiman uh, to stay at K-State just like Dabo Sweeney will likely stay at Clemson for the ret- the, the through. The entire T of his career, so uh, I, I don't know if successful as successful as Sweeney and Venables. I mean, that's pretty hard to do. They won a few national championships, right? If they can reach that peak, uh, yeah, obviously K State fans will take that. I don't, I don't necessarily think that they'll be able to get there immediately, and I also think that you know, Colin Klein, I, I feel like he will not be as loyal as Davos Sweeney was, and that's nothing against you know, Colin Klein, but if a smaller school comes calling and there's a pay raise involved, you'd be hard-pressed to to turn that down, right? I mean, Dabble Sweeney didn't didn't leave because he didn't need to. He was the highest-paid coordinator in all of college football. So I think, you know, they're different. I really think they're different. Can can they be successful as compared to what K-State has had in the past? Yeah, I think that if you want to compare this is where Clemson was, this is where they are now, this is where K-State was, and this is where they are now, then yes. I think it's very similar. I do think the duo will be together for a long time, so in that sense— i guess you can say that they're pretty comparable the next question comes from cat man 1a now again it's either catman 1a or cat mania maybe cat mania i'm gonna assume that that maybe is what it is let me know uh he asked talk about the influence avery dylan bb and others who are trying to recruit recruits can truly have on the class this year in future years so if you're just listening avery being avery johnson the four-star quarterback we mentioned at the top, Dylan Edwards, uh, being Dylan, the four-star running back out of Derby, Kansas, and Camden BB, Camden BB, not Cooper BB, Camden BB, the younger brother of Cooper out of Piper, the three-star offensive lineman. Uh, that's who they're referencing. Um, yeah, the the push for recruits to recruit recruits to recruit. Yeah, you heard that right, recruits to recruit. It's pretty heavy. Uh, taylor bratt has done a great job with this class like I, I don't think we can deny that right i mean there have been some question marks over 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 taylor Brad, and you know is he really doing the job is he getting it done is he not he's getting the job, job done this cycle and a lot of that has to do with the fact that recruiting has changed All Right? COVID played a major impact on k-state's recruiting and it's not like it recruiting is so much different than people think it is right relationships need to be built for years upon years the staff started talking to these kids three years ago. Like, put that into perspective. These kids were going to be sophomores when the staff truly started reaching out to these kids. That is a long time, and with COVID, they couldn't do that. A, because you couldn't get them on campus for unofficials or officials or whatever you want to say, and B, I mean, they're still new, right? So, they're trying to develop these relationships. This is the first class that they fully developed that relationship with. Um, I do think that kids recruiting other kids is a huge thing, because why would you not want to go play with your friends? That's the biggest thing. There's been some, some, some rumblings on Twitter. I know Dylan Edwards just today posted some stuff about uh, or liked some tweets from Nebraska football. Jaden Doss, right? There's all this stuff that's flying around. Guys, here's the deal. They're all friends. They all know each other. You're going to want to go somewhere, A, you're wanted, and B, where you're comfortable with your teammates. I firmly believe that the recruits in the state of Kansas recruiting other kids in the state of Kansas is only a good thing uh, especially for this class. For future years it's going to be different because this class is so special, but yeah. Guys, recruits recruiting recruits is it? recruiting recruits is a good thing. You should like this and if you're a fan who's on Twitter, you need to like every single post with these kids tagging each other because it does make a difference. Avery Johnson said in his said in his post said in his post signing or post commitment press conference guys, when it, he's like, whenever I post about K-State, it gets 2,000 more likes. That's not by accident. You guys do a great job about wanting to get involved in this, and it doesn't go unnoticed, right? That, that's a real thing. Um, and so, yeah, I think that it will help K-State in future years, but I think what's even more important is the fans and their interaction and the want for K-Staters to help um, get good kids to Manhattan. I, I think it makes a real difference. It really does. Moving on down the line here from Calm Manhattan Waters, which, by the way, just an amazing, amazing name. I know I've said this before. I really appreciate the name. Some of these names are pretty sweet, guys, so you should be pretty proud of that. Uh, Switching topics here a little bit. He says, the excitement is back in Manhattan. Are sellouts expected to return as well? Basketball and football. And boy, oh boy, is this going to be an issue as we move on throughout the summer. Uh, Last year, it was refill the bill. You walk in Aggieville, And you see these signs, you see coasters, you see prints on the sidewalk, refill the bill, right? And that's because, you know, people were excited to get back to the games, right? It was like, oh, we haven't been to a full stadium since 2019. We're able to finally come back into the game. Like, yes, let's go. At least that's what people thought would happen, right? And I think there was some of that, but I also think there was some complacency. I've sat on my couch and watched sports for the last year. Beer is cheaper. Food is cheaper. The drinks are colder. I'm sitting in the AC. It's not 150 degrees outside. It's not 10 degrees outside. I'm sitting on my couch. Yeah, I'm just going to do that and not come out to the stadium. And so I think there was some of that. Uh, You guys know, if you follow K-State sports, well, you know, some of the games were not to the level that K-State has been at in the past, especially, well, we'll get to basketball, but football specifically, and, you know, I don't necessarily think that that has a lot to do with the performance on the field, to be honest. I mean, K-State finished 7-5 and five in the regular season. They were competitive in every single game. So I don't think that it was fans saying, the team's not any good, we're not going to come. I think it was more for the fact that K-Staters were just content with staying at home. And I don't think that's a problem. But I also think that maybe you have some of those fans that were like, wow, this excitement is real right? There is some real hype around this recruiting class specifically. But one thing I want to point out, we talk about the recruiting class. This is a dang good football team that's about to come back. They have six all Big 12, preseason all Big 12 players. That's the most in any conference. And they were picked to finish fifth in the Big 12. Now, if you want to get me started on preseason rankings and preseason all Big 12 teams, we could be here forever. The bottom line is there is some hype around this team, more hype than there has been. And five six years um so yeah i i think the excitement is real i don't want to say that a sellout is going to happen in week one but i think you could see a sellout with that missouri game i really do i think you're gonna be i think k-state football will consistently be at 90 percent full put it that way and if they start to do really good i would not be surprised to see sellouts start to come back for football Um, I think a lot of that has to do too, with more premium seating. So technically maybe you won't have a sellout, but it'll look like, um, you know, you, it'll look like that. A lot of the seats are full. It might look like a sellout, but those premium seats are pretty expensive. You know, you have season ticket holders. And so, yeah, maybe there'll be more actually like quote unquote sellouts, but not as many people there. I think if that's what you're referring to, Mr. Call Manhattan Waters, I think that'll happen. Um, but I think attendance will be way up this year. I think you'll be happy if you come to the games because that atmosphere that you grew up on, I think it's going to start to come back. I really do. And as far as basketball goes, you all know it can't be much worse. It really can't be much worse. Basketball attendance should pick up, but I don't think people are fully bought in yet. I really don't. And and it's hard to blame them. You know, the, the hiring of a coach who's never had any experience, that's not an easy sell. And so you're going to have those people that have kept their season tickets that they'll show up, they will. Maybe they didn't show up before. They'll show up, but I think there's still some hesitancy, and I don't think that's a problem. Um, with that being said, the students will be bought in all the way. I would expect to see higher student attendance at football and basketball as well. But either way, I'll say our sellouts expected for football. Yes, for basketball, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Next question comes from Cole Katz Three. This is a long one, but I think it's important. Kind of, like I said, a little bit switching gears, tied more towards K-State, but this is a good question. Assuming you are in the same boat as I, 2020 grad, and Colcats 3 I'm 2022, uh, close enough. uh, What does the administration and athletics as a whole need to do to keep new and young alumni engaged in supporting K-State in such a critical time among college athletics? He he says, besides winning, obviously, uh, some examples being travel opportunities, new amenities, like beer in the games or the Shamrock Zone, and so forth. Um, good question, Cats 3 First of all, congratulations on your being two years removed from college. I'm one year removed from college and I'm coming back for my master's degree. So you're better than me. Um, I can't stay away from Manhattan. The answer to this question though, when I picked this out, I thought I had an answer, right? As I'm going through these questions, great question. I thought I had an answer. Now I'm here to tell you that I have multiple answers. So get ready. Um, I feel like there has to be a way to keep the new alumni engaged. And quite honestly, the best way of doing that is ticket packages and reaching out to them directly, right? How do you get these young alumni to come back and come to the games? I I know some friends who graduate who are like, you know, I, the young alumni ticket packages are cheaper, but I just don't know if I'm going to be able to make it back. You know, I I don't know. You know, if winning, if, if they won, they would come back, right? But the, the idea is how do you do that? And I think a lot of that has to do with the game day atmosphere. When you graduate K-State, unless you're a weirdo like me who like to call the games on the radio and sit in the press box and do all that kind of stuff Game days are an experience, right the catter days as 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 the students call it right it's it's a real thing. and so it's all about being with your friends and experiencing the game as much as it is actually watching the game. You have to experience it. So I think what that means is the tailgate scene, right The tailgate scene has to improve. I mean let's let's face it. if you are a young alumni, the odds of you getting a good parking spot in order to tailgate, not very good especially now with this new indoor that's going up the parking is going to be a mess like 100 so if you're a new season ticket holder you're probably going to be parking out in the feedlot out there or you're going to be parking on the street and it's going to be really hard to tailgate and so maybe that experience that you were used to in college as a fraternity member as a sorority member as you know even somebody who wanted to just hang out with their friends before the game like it's going to be different right? You don't have that same experience as a student. And so I think we have to find a way to, maybe these. you have these things at Arrowhead, right? They have the fan zone. Well, a fan zone at Bill Snyder Family Stadium or outside of Bill F- Snyder Family Stadium would be a massive hit, right? Play some live music, like go all in for the tailgate for fans, because I think you would see it come out as a reward at the end, especially if you're not going to sell alcohol in the game. Like I said, beer sales are proven to have worked, amongst college athletics. Why K-State doesn't do it, I don't know. So those are my two answers for you when it comes to getting young alumni on campus for football games. Increase the tailgate scene, fix the park, slash fix the parking, and then sell beer in the stadium. I truly believe if you can fix the tailgate scene and maybe you know give these young alumni better seats, I think that you would see Um, you would see more young people come back because once you get young people come back for games, that's how you get them involved in your athletic department as donors. And you really start to see, you know, this new wave of young alumni. So I'll say that, I'll say improve the tailgate scene, get better tickets and sell beer in the stadium. I hope that answers your question. Uh, For football games, uh, for football games anyway, for basketball, you know, that's a different story. I think the only way to increase young alumni um, besides winning, put some games in Kansas City, put some games in Wichita mix it up a little bit, right? I I know Fitz has said this idea before, and I'm with him, but like, why would you play games at home during winter break when there's no students there? Why would you do it? Manhattan is so small, you're never going to fill it out. There's no reason for K-State to play big, marquee, non-conference games over winter break. Now, I get it. If you want to play Nickel State, if you want to play North Dakota, sure Uh, that's fine. You'll have your local Manhattan community that'll come in, but that home court advantage, it's not going to be needed. If you schedule a big time game over winter break, you're not going to have anybody there. You might as well play it in Kansas City. You might as well play it in Wichita. You got to mix things up with basketball a little bit because it's a different animal, right? Half the home games are played when nobody's on campus. That's just the reality. So if you do that and you play in these metropolitan areas, and then say, hey, we're going to maybe make n- tickets a little less expensive than you know an arm and a leg like it has been in the past. You'll find a way to get more young people at those games. So, Goldcats, I hope that answers your question. Um, yeah, again, there's a reason they don't ask me this kind of stuff, right? I guess I'm not that important, but I think everything we talked about is something that K State should do and they should probably implement sooner rather than later. Uh, next question of the podcast as we move along here throughout Cole's Corner. Once again, this is Cole's Corner. I'm your host, Cool Karmie at gopowercat.com, gopowercat.com. Uh, talking everything K-State here today. Uh, we talked a little bit about Chris Klein and Colin Klein, some recruiting, a little bit of football, and now we're gonna talk about everybody's favorite subject. That's right, conference realignment. Uh, conference realignment is quite the conversation uh, it's so funny because I was out playing golf the other day and, uh, I, you know, I asked some guy I was playing with him, like, Hey, what do you think? Like, what do you think about conference realignment?" And he goes, guess what? He goes, I don't care. They don't ask me. And at this point, ah, do a lot of people feel like that? I mean, it's just so mumbo jumbo. It's like, what is going on? To go like who's going to leave, who's going to come? It's like throwing darts at a board and hoping them, hoping one stick. At this point, right? This is gonna go up probably at I don't know ten o'clock on Thursday night. Uh, I, but like by two o'clock on Friday afternoon, it could be completely different, right? <laughs> we just don't know what it's going to, what's going to happen. And so I find it fascinating uh, everything that's going on. But I also think that. A uh, conference realignment is something that is completely unpredictable, and they don't ask me my opinion. My opinion on, but guess what? You know who does ask me my opinion on conference realignment? A Go Power Cat subscriber by the name of Ghost A Kate, and he asks, "Can the Big Twelve stay relevant enough to be considered one of three power conferences in the future with the Big Ten and the SEC?" Now, power conferences right this is a term that we use and we know now Right, you got the power five or the power six in college basketball i don't think there's going to be such thing as a power conference (laughs) i think if anything you'll have a super conference and then a power conference um my goal for all this like if i was you know grand poobah of Uh, college football of college sports, I'd be like, okay, you know what? We'll find a way to keep the Big Ten, to keep the SEC intact. If you guys want to be the big dogs, that's fine. But you're not going to go around taking these other schools. USC, UCLA, if you want to go die in the Big Ten, go right ahead. Pac-12, Oregon, Washington, be the leaders that you should be. Stay in the Pac-12. Notre Dame, if you want to go to a conference, quit messing around with everybody else. Quit messing around there. Go to the ACC like the rest of your freaking sports. If I'm the grand poobah, that is what I'm doing. If I have NCAA football 14 open on my Xbox 360 right now, and I am in charge with saving college football, that is what I'm doing. The Big 12, you got your teams. You got your teams. You are at 12. You are at 12. Stay at 12. Pac-12, guess what? You got two people leave. Now you're down to 10. Do you want to expand? Fine. Go get Boise State. Go get San Diego State. If you really want to expand... That's okay. Do that. I think that would be great for the Pac-12. Those teams are deserving of being in Power 5. SEC, stay where you are. Stay where you are. Why would you want to add more teams to a conference that's already massive, that already is top heavy? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. If Why why on earth would you want to add Virginia? Why would you want to add North Carolina? You're just diluting your pro- your product. If you continue at this rate, right, it's going to be a relegation status, right? Vanderbilt's going to say, okay, you know what? The money's good, but we actually kind of want our sports to matter. So let's go ahead and call the Big 12. And the Big 12's going to say, oh, you're going to come to our conference? Well, maybe we'll take you then, right? This is what I don't want it to be like that, right? Everything, if you really want to make changes, uh, Notre Dame needs to go to the ACC. And I think that would save the ACC. And I think it could really save. College football, so yeah, I don't think that we'll have power conferences per se. I think you would have a super conference in the Big Ten and the SEC if things stay the way they are, and then you have the Big Twelve, who is maybe one of those "quote unquote" power conferences with the Pac-12 and the ACC. That is my hope for all of this. I know it's probably not going to happen, and I know I may be in the minority of saying, okay, you know, I I don't want the Pac-12 to to break up, but I don't. I think it's important. I like geography-based sports. So I'm, I'm hoping that that's what happens, but I do think the Big 12 will stay relevant enough no matter what, even if they don't add, to still be in the conversation, to still be a national product and still compete for national championships. I fully expect that to be the case, um, especially when you look at just how these schools are laid out and how they have um, taken all of this into account and how they have managed themselves. So go stay, Kate. Yeah, to answer your question, yes, the Big 12 can stay relevant enough. A uh, contracat kind of leads me to my next que- to my next point with this question: What would you? What would finish off the Pac-12, or will it never really die? Just reload. Will Notre Dame ultimately be brought to heel by the Big Ten, ACC, or SEC? And would you take them in your conference? Uh, to answer this question, I feel like Oregon and Washington leaving would would destroy the Pac-12. It would. And I know you, if, you, if you go read national writers, if you listen to national people, they're going to tell you, oh, the Pac-12 is going to be just fine. You know, we want the Pac-12 to stay together. But when that energy was around about 365 days ago with the Big 12, they were saying off with its head, right? OU and Texas is going to kill the Big 12. All those other teams are going to go to the Mountain West and they're going to be relegated and never, ever be relevant in anything again. Uh, so those national people talking about that kind of stuff, don't listen to them because it's, it's obviously it's biased. But uh, yeah, I think if Oregon and Washington left, it'd be really hard for the Pac-12 to sustain because, you know, they've said that if Oregon leaves, Oregon State's going to leave. If Washington leaves, Washington State's going to leave. I don't necessarily believe that, but with that being said, if both of those teams leave, I mean, it's done. I, I It's done. It's done. And that's when the Big 12 would find a way to go and grab an Arizona, Arizona State, a Colorado, a Utah, and then you're down to what? What is that? Like After that happens, you're down to six teams in the Pac-12. You would have to think they would try and find a way to get to the ACC or the Big Ten. And so, I, again, I, I hope this doesn't happen with the Pac-12. I want the Pac-12 to stick around. I think it's important for college sports. I think it's important for those schools that that happens. Um, if those teams leave, then – I would suspect a rebrand would be coming. You would probably have the Mountain West basically turn into the Pac-12, right? Um, those teams would maybe go to the Pac- Mountain West and they would rebrand to the Pac-12 or the Pacific Conference or or something along the lines of that, right? I would expect um, a rebrand when it comes to that. As far as Notre Dame goes, um, like I mentioned, I... I I think that Notre Dame eventually will join a conference because it's going to be so hard to get into the college football playoff if you're not in one of these conferences. Like I I think people forget that, right? I mean, there's no college football playoff expansion right now. So Notre Dame is going to have to literally go undefeated like they do every single year, but it's going to be harder because you're going to have better teams that are in the SEC that are in the Big Ten. So if you're Notre Dame, why wouldn't you want to go to the ACC? Go be the big dog. Right, if you go to the ACC, you're playing Clemson. That's it. You beat Clemson in the in the ACC championship game, assuming that the 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 conference championship games and the uh, college football playoffs stay the same. You are in. Right? Why would you not want to do that? Right? I I don't think it it makes any sense for them to go to the Big Ten. I don't think it makes any sense for them to go to the SEC. And I damn sure would not want them in the Big (laughs) Twelve. I mean, if they come to the Big Twelve, they are going to try and be Texas and bully everybody around. So, no, I don't want them in the Big 12. I think if they go to the ACC, they may try and do that, but you do have Clemson, who is kind of um, in charge of that conference. I think the ACC is kind of looking for a leader right now. I think Notre Dame would fit that bill. The last actual content question of the podcast comes from CW PowerCat. What do you think has to change to get K-State baseball consistently in the upper part of the conference? So switching gears here a little bit for the last question of Cool's Corner. And I think it's a very timely question because K-State actually just hired a pitching coach. And that's exactly what my answer is going to be. Uh, the new pitching coach for K-State is uh, a man by the name of Rudy Darrow. He comes to K-State via multiple different colleges. Specifically, uh, what makes him so uh, important is because he has familiarity with Kansas Juco. Spending time at Labette County um he he definitely would have some connections he does have 10 years of division one coaching experience uh which is imp- which is important um rudy Darrow played minor league baseball um he, he he's a good addition to k-state uh i do think i i think the most important thing for k-state right now is pitching right obviously that is that is the number one thing pete hughes is a, he's a good recruiter I mean, you can't sit here and tell me that he's not a good recruiter. They had a very good offense these last two years. A lot of those guys were Pete Hughes kids. The main question behind all of this, though, is big-picture status. What do they have to do to get in the upper part of the conference? If you were to ask Fitz this question, and we've talked about this on the podcast, it's so hard for Midwestern states to to consistently win. It's hard for K-State to do that, but it's hard for all the Midwest schools. I think the answer to this, quite honestly, has to be recruit Kansas City. Um, they don't do that very well right now. Like, that's just the bottom line. I, I think the coaches would tell you that. They don't recruit Kansas City very well. There are some damn good players in Kansas City. Arkansas, who played in the College World Series this year, had their best player, their two best, arguably their two best players in Robert Moore and Brady Slavens, played in the freaking Sunflower League, in the Kansas side of Kansas City. And they went to Arkansas. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that you're going to be able to get the Robert Moores. You're going to be able to get the Brady Slavens, because those guys are going to be top three round picks. Christian Franklin was on the team last year from Leewood, Kansas, played at Rockers. So there are guys that are from Kansas City that choose to go elsewhere. But, you know, I, I've heard it on numerous occasions. Um, a kid an example of this is a kid from Colby Community College. He's from Western Kansas. He wants to go to K-State. He goes to Colby. He tears it up. K-State never even offers because they don't think they can get him. You know, I, I've been told by multiple play, multiple people, it's like, I, I'd like to go to K-State, but they're just not interested in me. And so, like, that's a thing, right? Recruit Kansas, recruit Kansas City. And what takes me back to this whole pitching coach, recruit the Kansas JUCOs there is a plethora of talent available at the JUCO ranks available at the high school ranks in Kansas City K-State has to find a way to recruit those places in particular now that's a start of a long list of things that they can do to get in the upper part of the conference but I think if they can begin to do those two things successfully they're going to have a chance to compete and they could turn it around fairly quickly I mean look at Oklahoma bottom of the conference last season K-State I believe finished above them and then they turn around and play in the College World Series. So it's not like it's impossible. Hit the transfer portal hard, recruit Kansas JUCOs, recruit Kansas City, and you'll see yourself become more of a contender in the Big 12. And now, the last question of the podcast. I'm, I'm trying to think of a good name for this. I don't want to use the overtime because that's obviously a gopowercat.com thing. Um, I'm trying to think of maybe like the, uh, a PK, a penalty kick, or a shootout, a shootout feels like there needs to be like multiple questions. Um, so I don't don't want to use a soccer reference either. No offense to soccer fans. I'm just, I like soccer, but I can't use it on my podcast. I'm sorry. Um, so we'll just, how about a buzzer beater? Ooh, I like that. The buzzer beater. Uh, so now it's time for the buzzer beater. I figured it out folks. It's the buzzer beater, the buzzer beater, a question I'll include at the end of every single podcast that either a you'll be like, Oh, this is interesting. Or B you'll be like, okay, he's done talking about K state. I'm going to turn him off. Uh, don't do that by the way number nine the buzzer beater comes from contra cat now this question is very good um would you rather take 100 ground balls on a rocky infield with bad hops galore or 100 pitches against a heat thrower knowing you'll take seven to eight in the ribs that's a good question and actually no it's not a good question contra cat come on now you know the answer to this i would rather take 100 ground balls because here's the deal the only way you're getting hurt off of ground balls is if a) you don't wear a cup, or b) you, you haven't taken a ground ball in your life. Like I understand, I've played on some very bad fields. Don't even you don't even have to get me started on that. I understand you never know where the baseball is going, but wear a cup and don't let the ball hit your face, and you're gonna be okay, right? There's a lot more variables like okay, 100 ground balls, 100 hard ground balls, maybe, are they right at you, are they to your left, are they to your right, like, there's a lot more variables, I honestly feel like I could make most of the plays um, on, a, on a rocky infield, simply for the fact being, people don't get this either, the less hops there are, the more true hops it is, right, so if it's hit really hard, it's a one hopper, it doesn't matter if you're on turf, it doesn't matter if you're playing on ice, right, the, the ground ball is going to be the same, now, if it's a, bunch of three hoppers okay that's when it gets different so if you put yourself in position to field it eh, odds are you'll be able to feel it and you'll definitely not be without pain um and the other the reason why i'm not seeing 100 pitches against heat knowing i'll take seven to eight in the ribs i mean oof, that would hurt a eh? and after i take the first one in the ribs you just like don't want to be in the box like that's just the thing like people are like oh don't, hang in there where where you know where we got ice and i'm guilty of saying that to my kids too and i get it but like if you're getting a uh, heat thrown at your ribs, it's not going to feel good. And after you get hit, probably for like the second time, you're going to be like, screw this, I'm done. And then it's just going to end bad for both parties. So, yeah, I am 100% taking the hard ground balls and making sure that I make a play. That is what I am going to do. Um, that was Cole's Corner. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Make sure to subscribe to, your po- to my podcast, Cole's Corner, wherever you listen to your podcast. It's on Apple Apple Podcasts. All you got to do is go in there and click the plus, and it will add it. You'll get notified every single time a new episode comes out. I'm going to post this on my Twitter. You can follow me there, at CoolCarmody52. Uh, you can find me on GoPowerCat.com. Uh, be sure to subscribe if you are not already. Maybe you'll even get a chance to be featured in the next episode of Cool's Corner. Uh, I want to get some new people involved in this show, so maybe next time might have a guest maybe if you want think of who think of who you want for guests shoot me a message comment on the message boards below at GoPowerCat. let me know what you think um i'd greatly appreciate your feedback but for now that's all i got and i'll let my main man keith jackson take it from here so it's a good night from the happiest place on earth manhattan kansas